guys, welcome to another episode of Talk with Brooks, the Adulting Diary. I am Brooks Etienne, and on Talk with Brooks, we discuss adulting issues, relatable issues, and challenges in adulthood. Okay, so today the question is what is wrong in staying in your father's house as an adult male? And I will not be doing this alone. I have here with me Esther Alaribe and Daniel Adaja. Hey guys. What's up? Hello, what's up, Brooks? Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you too for coming. Speak for yourself, not to take for having us. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Recently, I took to my Twitter page and I tweeted something. I said that is, there is nothing wrong with an adult male staying in his father's house until he is financially independent. I didn't get so much feedback and so subsequently I had that conversation with a couple of friends and the, some people were in support of it and some others were really skeptical about it. So I decided to bring it on to my podcast today and i'll be throwing the questions to you guys what do you think about staying in your father's house as an adult so esther how do you feel about a man staying in his father's house as an adult uh, it depends like what age range are we looking at here adulthood starts from 18 to um, okay okay 50, 60, 18 and above 18 yeah. um for me i would say if a guy lives with his parents let's say 18 to maybe 28 max or in some cases maybe 30 if the guy is not financially stable mentally too i could say he could still put up with his father's like stay in his father's house be around his parents okay but coming from some other angle i don't know why why would you be 30 and still live with your father okay so, so the problem is staying is in it too, house. yeah it's a two-sided thing like just look at you from one angle it's cool okay i'm not financially stable I cannot okay. foot my bills Just away from yet. the house and all of that, yeah. Okay. But if you look at it from the angle of, you know, getting to know yourself, finding your own space and all that, I think I love having my space to myself. That okay. family house still won't work for me. I don't know about that. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, how do you so say There are various angles to when uh, an adult male is still in his parents' house. There's so many sides to the story. First, like um, Esther said, um, money can be a big issue so if, if that issue, is a yeah. major challenge maybe yes. you, the young man has been struggling with getting a job yeah. for quite a while it would be unreasonable for him to get an apartment because how will he foot the bill exactly. right but if he has a job that he's doing okay. right and then he sees maybe if he calculates the proximity of his home of where his parents' house is to where his office is, yes. the proximity just doesn't is really, make sense for you to yeah, get keep your own apartment. Mm. No, I wouldn't no, say it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I wouldn't say it doesn't make sense. I would say he's looking at okay, I can actually save more money by staying in my parents' house because I would not be paying rent because he, one okay. way or another he'll be making some contribution to the home. To the home, yeah, yeah. right. But he's not going to be paying full house rent. We know okay, how much. This but he still won't have his own space. Okay, in now the you're house. okay, fine. Okay, the problem. Okay, the issue here is you're talking about not having to spend more money if he stays in his father's house but what about having your own space i mean you want your friends to come over you want this you know you want your babies to come around too okay wait so, so, so it depends on the kind of home we are looking at here yeah, they, for example i have friends who live in um a very large house houses as much as 10 and they have a section for yeah because i was going yes. to come to that i and mean there are houses that are built in a way that you can have your visitors in your own like you can mm-hmm. have your privacy in, in your, your father's, father's house, house yes. you can have your privacy in your father's house okay so yeah there's some homes that are built there's some houses that are built that are we would you still ask that person to go rent a house outside now with the cultural mentality of a man takes care of the home it's advisable that a certain age you leave your father's house and you go start up your home but what is that age for you what is that age for me i think yeah. it started off for me at 18. Okay, you started staying on your own at 18. 18. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Wow. That's I've great. been out of the house at 18 and it feels good. It feels good, yeah. Okay, fine. Just okay, can you just tell us the difference? Just tell us what are the okay, things. Okay, first, I wasn't really someone who was comfortable with too many people. So I guess oh, my own space yeah, was just right? something that made sense. Okay. I'd, I'd like um, you know, just not anybody knowing exactly what I was doing. My mom would always complain of you're always inside the room. What exactly are you doing inside? Yeah, so and if I'm in my own space, nobody's gonna ask me what are you doing inside your room because okay. it's your space and also it gives you privacy you can have your own visitors you can decide 
if you want to have visitors or not. So if you're in your Doesn't friend's you house, you can't really decide to have or not have visitors in your father's house. You can't. Now. Of you course, you can, but house. you just won't be when comfortable. Fa- when family members come, are you going to tell them not to come? Not to come out. You, you won't just be comfortable. You can't. You can actually, uh, when they say, mm. oh, this family member is coming from the village, they are going to share the room with you. Can you object? Can't. Oh right, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah people like us like to run out of the point. bathroom naked. <laughs> we can't do that in your father's house. So yeah, think right? about it. But it, it is it is very very cool that as a young man, as you grow older, as things fall in lines in mm-hmm. terms of work, because the only reasons why you would um, really say, oh, it's time to move out of your parents' house because things are working. If you're not earning enough money. You would be bothered, even as a young person, you'll be bothered that at a certain age you're still in your parents. Some kids are very comfortable with it. I don't think there's any rule to it. Yeah. But see, I've seen kids who moved from their parents' house, um, rented an apartment, got married like three months after. They were dating and their parents were Yeah, I was going to come to that, but I was going to direct it to Esther. Yeah. Because she's the lady here. You know, I have been in conversations where I hear ladies say things like, I cannot be dating a man who is staying in his father's house. I cannot be dating this one. I cannot be doing all of that. They make so many rules when guiding the person they want to be in a relationship with. And one of those rules is a man who stays in his father's house. You're not qualified. Eligible. To, exactly. Eligible to date. So Esther, would you want to be in a relationship with someone who is in this house? Um, that's okay. That takes me back to the part where I said um, financial stability. If I know, okay, this guy is still trying to make ends meet and getting an apartment of his own would be a strain on his pockets. I actually find it cool if he still stays with his parents on the condition that he is not a my mommy say my daddy say no, kind even, of boy. I, I also think that even as a lady, a guy who stays in his parents' house, you need to be really sure of why he's staying in his parents' yes. house. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because and I can't be coming if, to your parents' house to see you all the time. All the time. I'm like, good afternoon, my good afternoon. So, oh, she's here again. She came. Oh no. No. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So how do you handle the the taunting? You know, when your peers say things like, I stay at Papa's house. You see, how do you handle that? You know, your peers have a role to play when it, as in when it comes to. The influence they have on you, they have, it's, it's more like they have a say regarding what you do per time. So how do you handle that? The influence on parents, on... On your peers. No, the your influence friends. on your peers. Yeah, your, your friends. friends. Your, yeah. You have friends who are staying on their own yes. at, a certain st- at, a, at a certain age. And mm-hmm. then you... I think it's challenging. I, I think currently I'm at that place in my, at my, in my life right now where mm-hmm. I'm seeing a couple of my friends who are, you know, I, I, I think... During the pandemic, I was able to visit a friend and I saw his apartment and I was really like, oh my God, I, I really like this year of sport. And I was yeah. really like trying to connect it. I'm like, man, I need, I was really ginger to get my house because before I moved back to Lagos, I used to own my own space. But coming to Lagos and seeing the cost of house rent and then be like, yeah, how far now? What's going on here? Yeah, house rent is almost like three times what I'll pay where, I'm, where I was living before. <laughs> so, but I'm at a point where my friends are having their own space to live. My cousins are having their own space where they are living. And it's not more like a pressure, but I feel like having your own space, if you can afford one, would help you to be more creative as a young person, depending on what kind of job you do. If you work in a bank or anything, it might feel different. Depends. Okay. Okay, Daniel, institutions yeah. where um, your parents seem to kick against it. Kick against me moving out of the house. Exactly. Okay. How do you handle that? Okay, so I have a friend who it took a lot of conviction for the mom to allow him move out of the house. Why? Because of his health. He's sickle cell and he could oh. have crisis at any time. Yeah. But he was of age. This was a this is a young guy in the tech industry making roughly around 200, 300,000 naira monthly as his oh, income. That's beautiful. And you know, he just wanted to have that space to feel like a man, not being... Is um, moving out of your parents' house going to give you that feeling of a man? Well, it gives you a sense of responsibility. It just gives you, yes, that feeling like, okay, I'm at this point where I can take responsibility for myself. I can do this. I can do that. It's not the case for different different people. There's some people that when they move out of the house, they're still calling their father for and their mothers for everything that they need. But but this guy's case was, I, I can afford these things. You yeah. know, I can, but just health wise, you couldn't health-wise is what, leave. But then, so he, like, but then there are other situations where it hasn't doesn't have to do with health. And you see them even you see this, you know, uh, some security, parents are security very. Security is another thing. Security is another thing. Take for example now the Obamas. There anybody who is of high profile would not allow their yeah. kids to just stay in any random place. 
they would want to ensure of that. Of course, they are going to get a place that is comfortable. But the issue is, I see some parents saying, saying things like, my, my son is not going to leave. My son is not going to leave. And they make it a very big deal. Well, some mothers they are just being so much issues. And that's why some, some women will say, don't make sure you run away from yes, mommy boys. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, because of, I have heard, I've seen situations where, you know, the guys always say, my mom, my mom, my mom. I'm like, like don't you your mommy me. <laughs> I have a mother too. <laughs> <laughs> so, there, there are so many situations that can actually come up to, to these particular okay. issues. But, I think it's important for a man at a certain age of his life to have that feeling of, um, ownership yeah. not 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 really leave ownership there is a responsibility that comes with ownership okay. when you own a place when you have the mindset that you're paying rent you become responsible it draws res- it, it draws responsibility right yeah. because especially when it comes from a place where you you work hard to get certain things of you know, course you plan you plan to buy yeah, your yeah. A tv buy a generator you know that at the end of the year you know that at the end of the year there's rent ahead of there's you rent ahead of you. you know that okay when the gas gets finished you're going to fix it come on it, you know it, that it okay fine there has to be a fridge somewhere here i need to use it. i'm no longer using my parents food. And, and i don't know but i think girls will take you serious when they come to oh, the space yeah. of, mm. of relationship like a random girl will take you serious not even much but when she comes into your space and yeah. she sees how you've been able to manage that space. It will tell a lot about your personality as a man, mm-hmm. how you manage your space. You can know if a guy is clean or if he's, yeah, if, he's, if, he's, if he's in his parents' house. You might not know if he's clean or he's unkept because course. somebody might be doing all of that. Of but when it's his personal space, you know whether he's clean. He, by the time you enter, because at, if he's not very boxed up to have a two-bedroom apartment, maybe he has just one, one bed, bedroom, apartment. A bedroom apartment. You'll be able to see how clean the bathroom toilet is, okay. how he takes care of himself, how he manages the space in his apartment. These things would, would click more. And by default, you see yourself tweeting, oh, you would you be the one telling the guy that yeah. you are responsible. Yeah. He doesn't need to spell it yeah, out yes, to you. Yes, he doesn't have to say And it. then before you know, you're like, oh, what? You... When a place is very comfortable, when you enter a guy's house and you feel comfortable there, nobody would entice you to want to sleep over. You would feel comfortable when the offer comes. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Daniel, easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Usually, I feel one of the reasons parents seem to object to that is fear. There's a lot to be afraid of right now. Yeah. Yes. I noticed they, I, I, I kind of feel that they are afraid of something. Well, if... Uh, I think... Well, I, don't know what that, I don't know what that is. Mm. I don't know if they are scared that their kids... Oh yeah, of course I can use kids. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they are scared that their kids may go out and be wayward. Maybe they don't have the at what age? The, Come exactly. On. You know, you know there was a time no, I had it, a conversation. It, it depends. It depends because for me, I had um, people in school that when they moved to university, right, yeah. they, and they had the opportunity to stay alone, their academics went backward because they never had that opportunity to feel that free before. I feel like staying alone gives you so much freedom that you have to be extra disciplined. To still if do the right working. thing. Unless if you are not doing a nine-to-five job, unless you are not even because I can't use the word I can't use schooling because I know a lot of people that in school they rather be in their house playing video games rather than, than go attend to class lectures. Yeah, because of the, the nobody's watching them. Nobody's watching. But if you're them. actually working, you are going to be out of the house most of the time. You most I likely think the fear, have I think the fear of okay, my kid, my my child is going to go out there and get mingle with a lot of people. You know, it's more like I think parents have this feeling that they can still control their kids when they are with them you yes. know there's, there's a there's more sense of control control i think we and all then have they that. are scared that mm-hmm. oh when they go out there oh they are going to mess up they're not going to do the right things anymore they they get influenced they get you know i think that fear makes them try they're trying to you know make sure that they don't well, lose their kids I'm, the- I'm not yet a parent but i know that when i become one I'll be very protective with my child or with my kids because I would want to ensure that they are properly taken care of and they are safe, irrespective of how much money they are earning or whatever it is that um, they they do with their time. Unless if they are staying outside of my geopolitical zone in terms mm-hmm. of maybe I'm in Lagos, they are in Ibadan. You know, by default, they have to live alone. Yeah. But I'm in the same Lagos, and maybe uh, my house is in Lekki, and the office is in VI. You now say you want to go and rent an apartment. Uh-uh. Why? No, okay, no, 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 no. At some point, no. Point, no. No, no, no. I'm saying I, that I think you're making a sense being there. Being protective But that's you being protective but as a I'm, parent. I'm supposed to also understand that 
a time will come that this child needs to learn some things on their own. On their own. And they can't learn it if they are not alone. Well, for me, I would say that I would rather treat children based on their different personalities. For example, I can have two kids. I know that, okay, one, this one looks like they're going to be very, very independent. You cannot you be can so get sure, No, 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 yeah. I know. I know, but you'd have spent time with them. You know who can do certain things alone, who'll be able to face some kind of things. Okay, you, I guess I can't see. But you, before you have to leave this house, like, I, I need to see you at a certain... I hear my dad say that a lot. Like, a certain level. I need like to for see me this. Now, I need to see For that. me, from, for, from like age 15, I've been going places without my mom. I go on long trips and all. All you just get to do is call me. I might not go home for days or months right now oh, my mom just needs to just call me and be sure that I'm fine wherever I am but it doesn't work like that for my sister my sister cannot spend two days at a person's house for a holiday and she falls sick oh, so oh, even as a okay. person would not just allow her leave the house like that so okay. she has to get to that point where you feel like okay I think you are good to go but for me men are jealous so you can, I've had that conversation with my mom before I said okay mom is it that you do not trust that your home training is enough for me you know, sometimes it's not just about the training but some other um, factors also covers for it so there are other things you could be saying and be like, okay, no, I don't think you're ready to go out there without me. Mm, that's that, that's yeah. true. But I also think that sometimes parents can overdo it. They can overdo it. It's it, uh, it's very yeah, very Yeah, African okay. parents start a park. <laughs> <laughs> African parents can actually overdo it. They should learn to trust their kids. I know for a very long time, like when I was in school, I didn't allow my parents to know where I was until I was in my final year. Until I got to my final year, I didn't allow my parents to know where I was living in school. Why? I didn't just want them to know where I was staying. I just felt like they needed to give me that sense of being independent. So every time they wanted to know, I was always finding one excuse or the other. Hmm. And then when I was my final, I was like, well, I'm leaving. So you can come and know the place. Are you serious? <laughs> so you feel that if they had known where you stayed, they would come to just come in? They, oh, they do. They, my brother is in Unilag. My dad literally just drives hello i'm in your school <laughs> <laughs> and you don't like that no nah, i wouldn't i wouldn't you know sometimes like my dad comes to see me i was in the hostel but sometimes he comes to see me and i've never felt mm. offended by it no i wouldn't be offended by i've it, never felt i feel like that I'll, is, I'll i see it fast. i see it as he does that's him being really thoughtful mm. my dad has really never tried to control me in the whole sense of control you get but then I, I honestly <laughs> i don't think i would feel upset if, if he just comes to school and then just decides that he wants to see me i mean he has done that a couple of times and i felt like oh that was so thoughtful of you to come see me well, or sometimes he just or sometimes he just asks you in passing oh his result out i'm like oh yes it's, it's out and then he just <laughs> goes there and then checks my result he knows my red number wow and to be honest i've never felt offended but my brother did my brother was like why would he be asking my elder sister to pay my fees when i'm an adult and he had to one time this one time they're not giving him his money to pay his school fees by himself he is not going to school for that session well he's just trying to feel like a man basically yeah i understand from the part of he's seen his other in his other classmates yeah, you know, no, no, I, could, I understood him much later because for me they started giving me money to pay my own fees as early as 16 well I think 17, I didn't, I didn't as early as 15 I was already in the uni right yeah in the uni but my brother oh, no oh, I don't know I if did, you understand I, I didn't start handling big money I don't think I, I ever early. paid my school fees myself till I was in the university that's when I started paying my school fees myself. I started traveling alone after I was done with secondary school. After secondary school was when I started, you know, trying to feel like an independent person. I started going on gigs on my own, yeah. doing things on my own, traveling on my own. Yeah. I've gone on some really wild trips for days and, you know, just thought of my phone. And when they call you, ah, there was no lights. And whereas I must have traveled cross, cross country. Wow. <laughs> Are you serious? So. And then you could, you were able to do that because you were not living with your father. Yes, yet. because I wasn't living with so you see so I, I get your point living alone just gives you this freedom to just be adventurous you just you get to be spontaneous but you have to be careful also you have to be careful and morals matter individual personal development also matters how responsible you are as an individual really matters and yeah. in, in the world we live in today staying alone is is a very great idea but with all of the security of issues course. out there trust me robbery you know my dad you know my dad calls me every i've not seen my dad in over a year i think it's almost two years i've not seen him and every day he calls me he's so scared in fact he's sometimes he will tell me please can you get your neighbor's number or can you get someone who is yeah, close just to you to so that i know that you're safe, fine you know? so i noticed that he's so yeah i noticed that he's so scared but then this is not somebody who was telling me you must do your youth service you know you he's not that person who wants to tie you i was 15 in university i started year one in, at 15 and 
at 16 i was in year two i was already in the hostel you know, far away from where my parents are, and well, you know, I'm been, alone. I've been in the hostel since <laughs> I was 11. I have been away from my parents, so yeah. but I noticed that as I grew older, it looks like they are now scared. And I, I understand because the hostel, there's security. I'm staying on my own now, I'm not staying yeah, in the hostel. I'm off campus. There's no security. I am my security, so to say. I just have me and God. But then you have security men, you have surveillance team, you have this, you have that, and you don't. That fear was not really there, unlike now. So I think I understand why some parents, you know, try to box their kids, so to say. It's it's all for it's all for a good reason. And there is nothing wrong in parents helping their kids um, get to live alone. There's nothing yeah. wrong in parents saying, "Oh, I think it's time you, you know, and they get a place for you." Um, if they can help you with some money, money to, to get place. to get your own place, uh, it would help you a lot more to be able to um, start up better all right so yeah. i think that's it so it's, it's very very cool it's very okay for you to live on your own as a man or as a woman okay. uh, but also you must look at the financial constraint involved of course getting a comfortable place is something that i desire i desire a comfortable place i i so desire of one. course i mean I everyone bad. does like every adult does it's not just about <laughs> having because some people are like ah, it's having your own space no it's not just about having your own place it's about living somewhere extremely Comfortable. comfortable you know that you can really invite somebody in. yes yeah somewhere to be able to invite if you, and if you can't afford something look for something within your means and you of know course. cut your coat according to the fabric not exactly. according to your size no, yes of course it's <laughs> plan right you know i, I right. a friend took an apartment of about four fifty thousand a year and i was like ah, that, that's pretty heavy that's, that's a lot. lot yeah you know and i was a like lot. and she, she's earning just um a little above a hundred thousand that is what Lagos can do to you. You know, that's what Lagos wow, can do to you. That's that what Lagos can do to you. So when I was like, so but, but I think subsequent payment is gonna be like 350 or so. Even if the subsequent payment is gonna be like 350, trust me, that's a strain. That's still yeah, that's so, a, that's still you, a so you're automatically saving yearly to pay rent. Esther, <laughs> 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 okay, okay, your final words. It seems like you have lots of things to say, but mm. <laughs> well, well, well. For me, I'll just say it. Once you are stable financially and you feel like you need that space, my guy, leave all. Yeah, all right thank you thank you guys so much thank you guys for listening to talk with brooke the adulting diary until we come your way again some other time to have a wonderful day ahead peace out bless Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Talk with Brooks, the Adult in Daring. Um, on this podcast, we educate, we enlighten, we entertain ourselves, you know, discussing topics, interesting topics, trendy stuff, and we rant about our lives as 20s and how we navigate through it all. So on today's episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about customers and their wahala. Honestly, I didn't know, I don't know any other um any other title to give this particular episode but yes we'll just be talking about customers and their wahala that's in this in the world of business so hello sifon how are you hello good evening it's not sounding like <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll try to sound more as possible yes please sound as normal as possible because you are a normal human being <laughs> Okay, so Stephen, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I guess you're fine too. Yes, yeah, sure, I'm fine. So, um, I follow up on a lot of things you do. Uh, meanwhile, Stephen is a bespoke dressmaker. She is that fashion designer that can just turn your beautiful fabrics into an amazing wear. So you can follow her up on Instagram at Fancy Stitches. We are going to mention this at the end of the podcast, but please just go check her out on Fancy Stitches on Instagram. And so, um, Stephen, I follow you a lot. Like I follow up with what you do. I see what you do, and sometimes when you rant on your WhatsApp story. Sometimes, sometimes they are funny. Sometimes I feel bad. Sometimes I'm like, I'm very indifferent. So that's why I, you know, reached out to you for this particular episode of the podcast because I feel like you've had it with customers. You've had the bad times. You've had the horrible times. You've had amazing times with customers. And I would like you to share those experiences with us. So first of all, in the line of work that you do, how are you able to 
handle customers? I mean, considering that you have to deal with people from different backgrounds, how are you able to navigate through all these attitudes and still deliver on your job? Okay, so let me start with prayers. You know, we all say in everything you do, the first is to pray. Yeah. So if, if I'm starting my day, I pray. And secondly, understanding. Mm. Understanding is like, it's very, very important. You need to understand your clients. Mm. And I've been made to understand that the way you understand this particular client is not the same way that would work for the other. Let me say, for example, let let me say, let me use the scenario of a family. You know, yeah. family, the parents have three children and mm. the firstborn is like this, the second one is like this, and the third one is like this. You cannot have all siblings be the same. Yeah. You understand? So now, I'm now relating that with business. All yeah. clients will be the same. So you'd have yeah. the one that will really stress you out, will stress the living hell out of you, and you're like, Jesus Christ. And you have the one that like they are sent from heaven. Yeah. And you're you're so relaxed. You're not you're not putting so much effort. Hmm. The one that will be like they will still stress you, and at the end they will work with you. And there are ones that after stressing you, I'll get back to you. And <laughs> get back to this life can be really really depressing sometimes. No business person likes that line. I'll get back to you after stressing me. You get it's like you shouldn't have stressed me this much before you say that. That is it. You shouldn't have. But most clients, they know they agree. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, um, I actually have a backstory, and I know that you you saw and I saw as well. Although I, I have not been very intentional about it. I have not commercialize it like that and if you ask me why i really can't say why but one of the reasons why i ventured into that was i just wanted to make sure that i do my own thing i want to be able to make my own dresses i want to be able to wear my own stuff i don't want to i don't want to give my anybody or um, allow people to, to just mess with my dress you know there's always this you've always had this perception about tailors that will tell us tell us that people who will spoil your dress they disappoint and all of that so that mindset was what made me learn how to sew so that at least i can just climb my machine and just do whatever i want to do but now the thing is for people who make dresses on a commercial basis i noticed something there's something similar about all of them like even me who doesn't make for commercial purposes i don't think i've been able to fulfill that desire of making my own dresses the way i would have loved to make it you know what is the problem really because it just looks like you make for other people and then you have to make like 10 dresses before you remember that oh you should make at least one for yourself do you get my point so like what exactly is the problem is it time or is it that you are exhausted and you just see like maybe you don't really need these dresses after all like what exactly could be the problem you know let me use the word motivation yeah so because now there, there are some tellers I follow on Instagram. Yeah. I, okay, you know chick by Vicky James. Yeah, I follow her too. She's like my role model. <laughs> For herself. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. And when I go her page and I'm like, this is someone I want to be like. Yeah. Always making dresses for herself. Yeah. And I am still growing and I feel so lazy even making skirts. I would even cut and at the end I'll not I'll pull waistband, maybe zip. I'll drop it. And yeah. sometimes not like it's not important. Maybe if we have an event, if I have an event, I end up making the dress the night before, before the event. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know there are so many tellers that that um come across such um experiences and I think it happens to almost everybody but i just feel there is a stage for everything yeah but there might be a stage that we would always be so intentional about making outfits for ourselves no matter how exhausted we are now there's my um there's this cousin of mine that so and i have tried to follow up that method he does when he's cutting clothes for his clients yeah he also cuts his clothes alongside do you understand? Mm. Yeah. So piling up 
as he's making his client's clothes when it gets to his own to his own son he would actually make his own clothes and i think that method actually works now if okay. i want to make for myself and okay i have maybe six clothes i want to cut for this week i'll just yeah. add my materials cut everything you know when you cut it is easier to sew after cutting so there is motivation to mm. sew when you have cut so that's what i have to say about this particular situation all right so now let's move to the very interesting part now what has who has been your craziest client no don't mention names because anonymity is very important so um the craziest experience you've had like when i mean crazy i mean crazy like this client is difficult all around like and let us know that experience you had and how you were able to handle it so first of all just give us a story or something okay there is this client of mine i've been making dresses for her so it's not yeah. like this particular experience i had with her was like the first experience so and all the way have been making dresses for her we've not had any issue to amend or to drag this is what i showed you but you gave me this you know everything has just gone smoothly yeah so the particular style she sent for me and yeah. i told her okay this is the fabric suitable for this style she's like no this is the fabric i want i told her this fabric you want would not give us a neat finishing and would spoil the job she's like no i need something stretchy I went ahead and bought what she needed, sent her pictures when I went to get the fabric and we decided on the particular fabric to buy. I made payment, came back to the house and I started work. The day for delivery came, she was meant to come to the shop for fitting. So when she came, she was like, I don't like this fabric, this is trash. I'm like, but this is the same fabric you told me to buy. And I even went as far as sending you a picture so that I make sure that you're comfortable. But now you're here saying she was ranting, shouting all over the shop. She dropped the clothes and later asked for a refund. Now there is this, there is this thing. There is this thing that customers are always right. Yeah. In some cases, it is true. In some cases, to me, that slang does not work way i operate because i as your tailor your fashion designer your seamstress i also need to be right we both need to be right so when an actor okay i actually opted to make a refund because i did not want to lose a client and i wanted yeah. to lose her and she talked about how i didn't so well she said so many things I finally refunded the money, but it wasn't a full refund. I deducted the material money, the stress, and everything, and sent her the money. Funny enough, her sister now came back to sew with me, and two other persons she referred. And I'm like, is this not someone that said that I did not sew well? Now, I was expecting a different reaction from her, based on the fact that I have made dresses for you before, and you had no reason to complain. But she came all out shouting, ranting, and saying so many things. That's the first bitter experience I had. Now, fast forward to the second one. My dear, this one squeezed me. <laughs> I was just pleading the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. God, don't let me exclude. Now, she sent this style to me. The style she sent to me, the girl had a small bust. Hmm. The girl that sent this stuff, she's actually very busty. When I mean very busty, she's busty. And you and the stuff she sent for me, um, a velvet jumpsuit and yeah. a neck, V-neck, which goes down to the navel. You, you yeah. can pick that style, right? And you know, yeah. it's only trying for people that have small breasts that are, let me say, two worlds apart. Apart, the yes. Chest and, yes. Was, yeah, and I told her this style is not going to. She said, That's what I want, you know, clients. That's what I don't want your idea. I'm like, Okay, let me do what you want. I bought the fabric, made the style, made the dress. Now, come for fitting. 
it became a very serious problem she said, and I, no, said that, she, I think that that is a rule in your terms and condition but i think people yeah. are so used to just agreeing to terms and condition without reading i think that's, that's the problem the we have they don't read they i don't know read. what this they want it to be on their own terms forgetting yeah. that you as the tailor also have a life to live do you get Apart from that i feel like when when a tailor just like some some of the applications we we um we we download from play store or from apple store there are terms and conditions because exactly. this is the, because if, if you now say oh let this application work on my own terms it may not favor both of us if it works like because at the end of the day you don't want to go back home complaining that this read the terms i think the, i think the problem here sorry to cut you short but i think the problem here is terms and conditions because I, I i can legit memorize all your terms and co- conditions like i read it you post it every week and i feel like anyone who is following you anyone who wants to make a dress with you should go through stuff and not just do things blindly and then at the end of the day there's issues and then you know every the whole country or the everywhere is just on fire i feel like that's i that's just that that's like my own opinion on that anyways but you just go ahead sorry okay so the day for fittings came she was like that nah, she's very busy she's this she's that i should send the dress through a rider i told her what if this dress needs amendment that you have to come to the shop and fit your dress if it needs amendments i work on it and you go with your dress at it won't even take up to an hour she, she was like send it send it send it i finally sent the dress to her she now sent a review saying that the upside the breast is too open i'm like you brought a style that the the breast is open so there is no how you're expecting me to cover it. That is the style. It's just that your breast is big and everything is exposed. So I'm like, okay, the length of the jumpsuit needs adjustments. I'm like, okay, let's fix a date that you're going to come to the shop. We fixed the first date. She did not show up. And you know, most clients don't even have the courtesy to tell you that, oh, sorry, I can't make it though. Sorry, I couldn't come. They just feel that it's not important and they can call you anytime. I'm coming to the shop and you as their, I don't know how to put it, you appear immediately and you'll be waiting for them. We, We fixed the first appointment. She did not come. I left school, went to the shop and I was waiting for this girl till the time we were meant to meet. She didn't come. The second time we fixed the appointment, the third, the fourth, as it kept going until she finally came. I think we fixed the appointment for like four times and she didn't come. So the fifth time she finally showed up, I made everything to her test. She went yeah. with the kids and now sent a review later at night. You know how hostel girls are. The dress yeah. can be okay to you, but when you take the dress to the hostel, they'll be like, ah, why is the hand flying? Why is the neck like this? You know all those petty, petty yeah. contributions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't I'm not, in, you're, I'm not this. She now started comparing herself to other of my clients and saying so many things. And, you know, these days, I've just prayed to God, please give me the spirit of patience. No matter what they say, let me not respond. So she said so many things and I didn't answer her. And I thought, okay, I will remake the dress for you. Because having to work on the dress again was going to cause spoiling the dress. Yes. I was going to remake the dress. Remaking the dress, the money was on me. I did not tell her pay anything. You know, that is when you go extra miles to please your clients. And most times they don't see it. She now started telling me, when will I come and get the dress? I told her I opted to remake the dress. You did not tell me to do that. So you're going to wait till when the dress is ready and I'm going to pass a message across to you. Please, you can come and pick up. So the dress was ready. I told her, come to the shop. She said that she will not be able to come, that I should send the clothes for her. That is the second time. I now sent the clothes for her. She now said so many things. Trust me, you know how clients are when they want to talk. She said a lot. And I was, I was, I was burning and I really wanted to respond. Then the person that referred her to me came into my inbox. I was like, I'm so disappointed. You did this, you did that. I now screenshotted the messages, the conversation I had with this, her friend and forwarded to her. I told her, would any client in her right senses send this message to her vendor? Her friend now told me, oh, I'm really sorry. This happened, that happened. You know, now the person that even came to chance me 
Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. Was now apologizing for her friend's misbehavior. Would you like to and share that message? What was the message? So she was saying that if she, if she was a celebrity and she said she wants to come and fit her clothes, that be I'll be running to the shop. I'll not give her any form of excuse. She was now comparing herself to my clients, saying so many things that were not even necessary at that point. And I told her, send your account number for refunds. Her friend was like, that I'm at the losing end. I told her that I can actually let this go, but I want to make a refund back to your friend so that we will not have any history of doing business together. So that she will not have to say that she spent a lot of money. Yes. You know, now she can be in public and so my name comes up and she's like, ah, that girl, she sells rubbish. Oh. You understand? Yeah. And that was what she was now because I sent my sister to go to the hostel and pick up the clothes before I make the refunds. So my sister yeah. going to the hotel and was now hearing her saying really mean things about me. As far as saying that I didn't even call her for fittings, that I never told her to come to the shop. That I wow. just said it for her. So my sister now fled up and she now kept quiet. So after I made the refunds to her, I realized that she blocked me. So there was no way I could pass any message across. So I now went to her friend. I told her, please help me deliver this message to Vanessa. Do you understand? Yeah. So I now sent her friend a message and told her that I have made a refund to your friend please let my name not come up in her conversation that i have given her full refund i did not deduct and i told her i gave her full refund so that she will not come back later saying that i did this to her we did not have that making that refund means that we've not even tested each other in this life i don't know her she doesn't know me we've not done any business i think that is that's one of my worst experiences with a client that has my neck and I really want to catch you and beat you, but I'm like, you know, protect the brand for the brand. You know, this is branding. I don't now yeah. want to put the neck and all of that. So, my dear, that's how that particular situation. Wow, like I can't like like from here, I'm already having goosebumps because this this is i i'm trying to understand what nature of wickedness this is because i mean that's very cruel that's very bad and i'm very sorry that you had to go through this so going forward what were you able to do have you been able to because i know that you do not control the kind of customers that come your way but i noticed something when you post some of the things you post i noticed that you're like oh henceforth this and this and this will not happen henceforth i'm not going to refer you to someone Henceforth, you're not going to plug you to this person. Oh, no, henceforth. Like, I want to understand, going forward, was there any measures you took to avoid issues like this? Because I noticed that recently you've been posting the terms and conditions more frequent than other times. So yeah. I'm wondering, could that have been one of the reasons you have decided to be more strict and more, um, yeah, more strict with your rules, with your terms and conditions? Yes, yes. That's that's that was like the major reason because there was a point I got a fabric for a client. Yeah. I have always been the one buying fabrics for her dresses. She she'll just send the style and I'll do costing and she'll send the money. So we've never had any issue like this didn't go well, that didn't go well. So I made a dress for her. Do you get? She now yeah. says she doesn't the material do you believe that she did not pay me for that kit? wow she was like the material is so horrible it's like carton it's like this i'm like okay no problem because these days i just realized that there is really no need going into so much arguments with your clients just just let she them be yeah. do you understand? so yeah. she said so many things and i was like okay no problem so she one day she came to the shop. She was wearing that clothes. It was a uh -uh. two-piece. She wore the shorts. As I just entered the shop and saw her, I was like, in my mind, I was like, wow. I didn't say anything about it. Some customers yeah. have my chair. <laughs> and my sister now saw her sister in school wearing the shirt. I'm like, my, well, my sister told me. I'm like, what's going on? 
I thought this this is the particular clue this girl condemned. Like, you know when hostel girls are giving you video reviews from the hostel? Yeah. And other girls are saying so many nasty things inside the video. And she did not even have the courtesy to filter some of the things they said. Forgetting that this is not the first time you're so unity. This is not the second time. This is not the third time. And it's also not going to be the last. Because after that incident, she has come three more times. And she's even coming to meet me tomorrow. So they were now saying so many things in the video. And she now sends the video for me. And I told her, did you listen to that? Did you listen to the things they said in the video? She was like, ah, ah, I just told her, no problem, it's fine. It's okay. But me now seeing her wearing the clothes that she condemned with so much disgust was what really took me off the edge. And my mind, I was like, ignore her. Let her feel that you've not noticed it. Let it slide. You know, all those small, small things. A time will come that you'll be like, you did this and I didn't like it. You know, right now, I just noticed that you shouldn't really respond at person do you small thing now. You'll talk. You know, sometimes yeah. just ignore and be like, ah, I be she does not want to talk or she has not seen it. It's when you notice that they are now doing it the second time. They're not, when you now notice that it's something they keep doing frequently, you'll be like this one. They are looking for a reaction. You don't even give it to them. And the terms and condition I just started putting up aggressively is because mm. still knows this is how you operate, and they still want it to go this way for them. I collect seventy percent upfront. Yes. You they they yeah. said my own is half. I want to give you, and you have to get it. I'm like that is not how we operate here. They are like who is we? When did you turn to a company? You understand all those kind of comments, very, very, very offensive comments, so that you would reply and will now have something to say. Ah, she said this to me, or she's not a good vendor. She does not know how to talk to their clients. So mm. I realized that when you ignore them more, that is when it hurts them that you did not even give them a response. But like you know, like for like for example, my podcast, for instance, I host, I produce my podcast by myself. But then I, I, you hardly hear me use the term I, because I feel like my podcast is a community. Do you understand? A space for everyone. So I feel like, I feel like your business should be a, like, you can't be saying I, 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 I. It's we because tomorrow it's going to grow bigger. I feel like maybe they probably don't see the vision. They probably, do you feel like maybe they don't see that you'd be higher than you are right now? Could it be? That, that is what it. that is it you know there are people that just have phd looking down on maybe growing yeah. then they just feel you cannot grow better than where you are or you're not going to stand the test of time or after two years you'll be tired and you'll stop so yeah. they just yeah that's how most people think so like okay fine how do you are you able to like what I mean, all these experiences you've shared with me, how are you able to, you know, look past all of this and still go back to the shop, open the shop, sit on that machine and look forward to having more customers? How are you able to even do that? Because this is very draining. Like me even listening to you alone, I can only imagine having a customer that is constantly nagging about something. I'm going to burn out. Seriously. You know- Okay. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I usually run away from businesses because dealing with I'm not even someone who really, really likes to um relate to human beings that much. I know that I'm I'm learning, of course, but I feel like it's a lot, you know, to deal with this. So how are you able to look past all of this and you know, move on, still do your job, still get that bag, and you're still pushing because I see the drive. And I admire it all the time. And I give you my 110% support. I even if like no matter what, if it, if your if your if your picture crosses my timeline, I make sure I like it. I make sure that I I try as much as possible to comment on it. So what makes you do that? Because you've had a couple of experiences, and I know that there are more. There they, they, they could be more. So how are you able to move past this? Okay, so let me say that I'm looking, I'm always looking at the bright side. And mm. whatever I'm doing now, you know, at first, I didn't even know I was going to get this big. Let yeah. me use the word because where I am now is not where, where I was a few months and a few years back. So yeah. I'm looking 
at the future do you understand and yeah. i just feel like most of these clients that either try to look down on you they will drop mm. now i have very good let me not say very good clients i have i have clients i enjoy working with yeah seeing a message a job message from them and they know that whatsoever price you give to them is the fairest do you get yeah. it yeah honestly when i go to the shop every morning i'm just hoping that god let's let today be better let yeah, yeah. this come into my inbox let's mm. try be taken away and one formula that i have discovered is that back then if a client sends me a message about a job um okay send me styles you have on your phone and you now send them 20 15 styles do not carry and then so with another pillow mm. now no like don't have the right to do that but it's painful now there is this stuff i used to do on my whatsapp stories and uh, on my whatsapp status sometimes clothes yeah. that a slim person a fat person if you should put on pleating skirts gathers you know all those Um, yeah, fashion rules and like that. And I realized that most of them will come into my inbox, try to find out what will fit them, mm. and they will go somewhere else and make the dress. Not like you don't have the right to do that, but I feel it is disrespectful to me. Mm. If I want to buy something from this particular vendor, I go straight to the vendor. I want to buy something from make inquiries and make payments i don't go to another vendor and now be asking how is the quality of these slippers how is the quality of these sandals after the vendor has taken so much time to explain make video reviews and all of that and send to me i'll now go to another vendor you understand now i have gotten full knowledge of what i am looking for i'm just going to go and present it to this other vendor i'm like this is the kind of slippers i want with this exact quality and all of that and they deliver it So now if a client comes into my inbox and they're like I want to make a dress this is the style I have the first thing I ask is what is your budget yeah so that before I now want to waste my MB my time I'm now going to yeah. Pinterest, go to explore on Instagram and be looking for styles that we could combine to give you that look you're looking for I know that as I'm going through this so much stress the work would actually be mine do you understand so yeah. i ask you is your budget mm-hmm. can you send me a picture of yourself if you're the type that you're coming straight forward with your style this is what yeah. i want i'm like okay a picture of yourself so that i know if this style you're bringing would fit so but then now you are talking about fitting and fitting and people people's body type now you know a lot of people have been i don't know if maybe they feel like you're body shaming them when you ask them their body type maybe that could be it but then that aside how do you are you able to deal with customers that don't listen to what you have to say now are there are, have there been times where you are like okay you know what i can't work with you since you're insisting that this is this the style that fits you since you are, i won't be able to make because i had an issue one time i was making a dress for someone And she was like Brooks I want my bonbon to come out the way your bonbon comes out in a dress and I'm like I'm <laughs> <laughs> like that your black gown I wore my bonbon really came out in it but this one my bonbon is not coming I want my bonbon make my bonbon come out and I'm like okay. you know like and I'm like you don't have the same shape as me she got so offended that I'm calling her shapeless and I said no you the the glottal fold i have because the thing is you know that two persons you know that two persons um bomb bomb like circumference round their hip can be 40 like for example let's say you and i 40 but the way i'm going to the way the same dress i wear is going to look on me it's going to be different where yeah. yeah, because one my glottal fold is thicker like you can like if you like if you put my hand under my bum bum you can feel that it is thicker like it carries the cloth and makes it you know it, it yes, yes, yes. i i i understand what you're saying yes but for someone who just has a broad bum bum no glottal fold it will seem flat but the same 
and the same uh, measurement, the same circumference measurement. Like for example, my bust is two worlds apart. Now it doesn't mean, but my well, my sister's bust is fuller. But I and my sister would wear something slightly similar. I don't know if you understand. The same size would be slightly yeah, similar. She will wear a V-neck and have her breast exposed. But I can wear a V-neck and you will not, you may not, you're not necessarily going to see my breast fooling everywhere. I don't know if you get my point. Not what you're saying. For that, for me at that time, I was like, ah, ah, how am I even going to make this dress? He said that she wants her bonbon to come out. This girl doesn't even have bonbon. Like, she's just there. Like, she's beautiful. She has a, a, her shape is okay, but it's not as, it's not coming out. It doesn't have that pierced shape, like what I have. So I do not know how to make that dress to come out the way she wants it to come out because I am using her measurement. I said, okay, fine. I made it tighter. And she was like, no, it's too tight. My bum bum is entering inside. And I lose it. She was like, no, it's too close. <laughs> oh, God. I can't relate. At the, day, at, the, at the end of the day, I started sewing that dress on the beginning. So I mean, I've had my own share. Even Although I don't commercialize my sewing and all of that, but I know I've made dresses for a couple of people here and there. And to be honest with you, my greatest fear is giving a customer what they did not ask for. I'm not even ready for that phase of my life. I don't even like that kind of issue. I've been very protective about my mental well-being. So when I see people like you, you're just, you keep going. Like, it makes me feel very good. And for some reason, like, to a very large extent, it, it motivates me you know, to just keep going on my own journey. Whatever it is I'm going to do in life, like, I can just keep going. So for you now, how are you even able, like, I asked the question, how are you able to deal with customers that are like this? Like, this is just how they are. They don't listen. You tell them, oh, this fabric just is not suitable for this style. They don't listen. I know you mentioned that. Then they, you tell them, oh, your body type, you know, the way this dress will come out. and the way, So how are you even able to deal with them? Because trust me, when you, you're done sewing this dress, most often than not, they come back with complaints. So how do you deal with that? Did you even take the dress in the first place? Or what exactly do you do? You know, there are clients we call loyal clients. Yes. Now, there are some clients that they come to with me. Yeah. They come into my inbox and at the wedding. Mm. So so I do this. This is the color of their shoebi. Please mm-hmm. send me yourself. Now, that is an opportunity for you to pitch the idea you have in your yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. That's also an opportunity for you to be like, to send them styles that you feel would fit them. Mm-hmm. I have another set of clients that will send you the style they want and they will still go ahead to ask you, do you have any input? Is there anything, do you like the way the hand is? Would this style fit me? Now, mm-hmm. those, are, those are clients that are open to their tellers' advice. They will bring a short style. They'll be like, can you make it longer? Forgetting that it's that short style that attracted them to the picture. Do you understand? Yeah, I get your point. Putting a dress, the slits is mad. And you're mm-hmm. not, you're like, can you bring the slits down? I will tell you that when I bring the slits down, it is no more that style that we are sewing. We are sewing something else. So don't expect this look at the end of the day. Now, straight words is also very important. We we as vendors have to be very, very skeptical of the choice of words we use. There are yeah. clients that are waiting for you to say, ah, those yeah, people say, yeah. <laughs> say that, that my shoulder is broad and this style enough. So nobody, now, I just realized that most people just started sewing. Like, yeah. if not, most people used to wear ready-made clothes yeah so i can give it to those people that just started sewing that they you know let me say clients that that okay people that used to wear sewn clothes they are used to the fact that their tailor will tell them that your leg is not fine for a short gown mm. but someone yeah. that is used to a ready-made dress when mm. you now want to start sewing and mm. your tailor is like hmm, this leads this shoulder you want to be off, it will mm. not go through. This is your mm. breast that wants the sweetheart to go down. It will not be fine. They get offended. Probably mm. because they are not used to things like that. So mm. now, what I said earlier, your choice of words. Like, I think you even need to tell the Holy Spirit, mm. please tell me what to say. Because 
there is how you even go and be telling a customer that okay let's do this this will fit better it now becomes as in it's not as if you've said a very bad thing mm. there is this customer that i have that she will tell you i have a wedding she would she would describe the style she has in her head mm. so you're just to send something that fits with her description mm. i need something that has slits so whatever you're sending to her there must be slits or whatever dress you're trying to explain to her that you want to create for her at the mm-hmm. end of it you must give her sleep you know those kind of clients and you realize that clients that accept their tailor's advice it's more yeah. easier to work with them yeah they are easier to work with yes their clothes come out better than the ones that yeah are you trying to be fine there is a particular client that we talked about still for a month <laughs> Next week she's like, sending I have, I have someone like that. I have someone like that. Every week she's changing the style. And yet if not if not if I've not seen, and sometimes I just ignore her. I'm like, you know what, when you're done, you're going to just do what you want. When when she was meant to wear the dress for her dinner, I told her, okay. She said, I want to look she said, I want to look classic. I want a statement outfit. Okay. Like, I now sent her styles that befit what she was looking for mm. she was like i don't like it okay we now settled on a particular style the following week she brought another one the following week she brought another one she now said okay i don't want a long gown this time i want it to be short so that i can wear it again i'm like okay i now sent her a style <laughs> okay let us use this downside she now sent another picture for the upside let us use this upside <laughs> you know right. when the is all this very sexy slutty downside and yeah. you're now going to bring a churchy a- upside exactly so when she showed me this style i told her the truth of the matter is that this style you're bringing there is nothing classy about it there is no statement <laughs> look about it that it is just there it is regular anybody can wear this do you understand and yeah. it is not it does not fit she was like I, and after i told her i told her but if you insist i will make it for you but at the end of the day yeah we are not adding and we are not deducting there is no can you please the answer is no she was like no problem give me what i want i'm like okay no problem i went ahead i got to the fabrics i made the dress time for pickup and this is someone that has a very big tummy but refuses to use tummy belts or anything to even make her look sexy in the dress she's like can you make this place flat i'm like that is how your body is there is no how on exactly. I, can make it. I think i think i think the problem is accepting your body exactly and wearing clothes that go alongside with the shape of your body of your body really your body and you now want your tailor to mold the clothes and now flatten your tummy inside how, how is that magic you know you remember the story i told you, you know the girl was like hey there's some clothes they used to put extra bum bum i said excuse me yeah. you'll be pricing me clothes now put extra bum bum for you how yeah, they are like that i had a client that said please let's let them when you make the dress let me have bum bum put hips i'm like you're not paying me for hips exactly so I can put extra hips. Well, buy like you should go and buy these um girdles that come with or is it tight or something that all those shorts that come with extra bum bum and extra hip. Then wear it. Let me measure you using that thing. Do you get? Because it's, of course it's going to be more than exactly. your actual yes, yes, yes. Then measure the girl was like, let this place be flat. The clothes is too plain. It is just there. Me. Since I sat down, I was sitting down. I was just looking at her because in my mind, I was like, I knew this will happen. Because there is how you sew a clothes with a plain fabric and somebody is like, wow. Wow. And there is how you sew a clothes with a plain fabric and someone will be like, go through me. Like, do you understand? I told her there is nothing classy about this style you chose. And she's like, that's what I want. So she was like, can't you make this place flat? My tummy, I don't have shape. 
this is somebody with waist 43 hips 50 and bust 49 and you are now blaming me for not having mm-hmm. how is that the tailor's fault wow you know? now that's like that body type probably needs a ball dress exactly i told her i told her let us make a flay a flay downside flay, for you yes downside yes exactly no gathers flay and we yes. are going to, we are going to make all the attention to be on the upside of your clothes upside, somebody yes. is even concerned about the flay but they are looking yeah. at the up part because everything is just there and yeah. she was like no she does not I'm like all right you know now most clients have refused to accept how their body is yeah their jobs i reject not wow. because pay is bad but now now everybody's after mental health and yeah. all this yeah and right now i am now making dresses that project the kind of brand that you want in the near future yes I if, I that, if i see that the style you're bringing is not giving me that because now I'm looking at putting my clients on the spotlight. So if yeah. the style bringing is not making people stop and stare, and you don't want me to give you something that is worth it, we will not do business. I'll just tell you that, okay, this this style you want, it's, I'll just try to put it in a very nice way. I cannot, you cannot do it. Yeah. I'll say it's below my standard or something because I'm still, I'm still upcoming. But we cannot. Actually, there are other tailors that don't sew blouse and skirts, normal blouse and skirts for customers. You will not even put them to sew blouse and skirts because you're seeing what they are putting out there. Do you understand? So, if you're bringing it down, I'm like, okay, let's attach this so that it makes it more attractive. You know, there are some times you go as far as attaching something for a client, bills on you, stress on you, just because you're trying to project your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. most clients they want it skate me this is how i want it to be don't add anything this stop and they'll bring very a cake styles and you're like oh, ah, no, 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 i can't deal with this <laughs> <laughs> so my dear that is that for that right, thank you like as, like we've had a very long conversation and i know i didn't give you any um solution to your you know, to all the experiences we've had, all the problems we've had. Well, I like the fact that you you just ranted about this. And I really do hope that you feel better and then you approach the next day with a more positive attitude towards work. I feel so much better. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us today right. on this podcast. So guys, please, if you're listening, follow Fancy Stitches on Instagram. She sews and she I've changed the name. It's Fancy Wears. Fancy wears, yes. I'm sorry, it's Fancy wears, Fancy wears on Instagram, yeah. So, yeah, please support her brand. She's really doing well, and that's about it. Thank you very much, and um, have a lovely evening ahead. Bye. All right, bye. Thank you.